Good morning, how's everybody doing? Good, amazing. You know, as I uh, listen, just the, the very end there, just hearing the passion inside of this team's voice, that we serve a God of miracles, right? And uh, in our family, and John and Sarah's family, a, a personal miracle introduced into their family. She's here with us today, so praise God for that incredible blessing. But, <laughs> but it just reminds me, do we have the same passion inside of our voice, inside of our Monday through Saturday, inside of our lives to worship God and praise Him in all the miracles. And I was blessed this morning to be a part of uh, Laurel's group inside of the 40 Days of Prayer small group study. And I will tell you this, uh, wonderful, incredible group. But if you want to be encouraged, uh, I would just recommend go to page 40. Uh, inside of your your uh, journal. And if you read 40 through 43, it will absolutely encourage you. And the section talks about how to pray with confidence and it teams up with the message last week. But there is an incredible, God has anointed four pages of scripture and love that is incredible. So if you're going through a hard time, just go back to that right there. I mean, it will absolutely encourage you and understand that who we're praying to is a real God who answers prayers. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I just, I love it. You know, we are in the midst of this prayer time and these songs that we sing and I want to be honest, I just seem a little bit dead and damper in here a little bit and that's okay. Maybe it's because our minds are focused on some of the issues we're all facing and that's very, very natural. But the reason we sing these songs, the reason, the reason we're doing this series is because when we begin to pray, yes, not only does the enemy move, but God moves and we know that he has defeated the enemy. And the worst thing that can happen to us as believers that believe in the God of miracles, as believers that believe that he's the God who defends us, is that... We die, or our bodies waste away, or something happens to us. But we have hope beyond the grave because of what Christ accomplished. And guys, I hope this is teaching you to walk closely with the Lord so that when life happens around us, um, we are dialed into Him. And we understand that this life is just temporary. And we can walk with a peace we can walk with the joy and the love and, and an internal instinct of victory and freedom, even if circumstances and situations don't seem to show that. Uh, I want to do something really quick. We, we need to pray. We want to have our corporate time of prayer. For those of you that have your uh, workbooks, has, I don't know if you've checked out page 176 yet, but if you haven't, turn there really quick, page 176. And we're going we're gonna to do this really quick. I'm going to pray through this prayer, but we're going to do this. Basically what it's going to mean, we're all going to do it. It might seem a little awkward because you've never done this before. But basically, it's, it's turning our hands up and thanking God. And then it's kind of turning our palms down and we're releasing. And we're saying, God, these requests are yours now. And then it's turning our palms back up and saying, God, I receive from you what you want to give to me. So just... 
I want you to do that. I'll, I'll kind of coach us along, and then I'm going to pray. Um, but I want you just to listen to my prayer. And this is some, This is just a great daily prayer of surrender that I thought we could do today. So let's, you can close your eyes, palms up, and just listen as I pray. Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Thank you for your kindness that has brought me and brought us to another day. Thank you for your love and your faithfulness. Thank you for accepting us as we are and for transforming us into the likeness of Christ. God, we present before you our bodies, souls, and spirits, and we bring our strengths and our weaknesses and our hopes and our fears, our successes and our failures, our dreams and our nightmares. And then it says, now take a moment to tell God what's on your mind. And you can do that, we're not gonna do that today. So, so you do that, and then you turn your palms down. Go ahead and turn your palms down. Now, Father, by faith, we release all of these things into your lap of grace, and we surrender to your sovereignty. We cast all of our cares upon you, and we pray, God, let your will be done in our lives today. And then back to palms up. Father, we now receive from you all that your grace will afford to us today. Strength for our weakness, peace for our fears, forgiveness for our sins, grace to forgive those who have sinned against us. God, we look to meet, we look to you to meet all of our needs. Guide our steps, direct our thoughts, protect us from evil. God, we invite you to fill us today with your Holy Spirit. Let us be an extension of your grace and mercy to the world around us. Use our lives, we pray, to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Just a cool little section, and again, this is for all of us. Even I as a pastor, some of you might think I'm just really well-seasoned in prayer. Um, I can turn, and I can get in such a rut that it's good to, to have those guides sometimes and to really think about it and just let God speak to you. And even just a symbol of palms up or palms down, um, man, can really do wonders. It really can. So uh, today we are going to look basically at one character trait of God, and that is that God is good. And because God is so good, it ought to change the way we talk to him. It ought to change the way that we pray. So we're going to give you, you have some, some notes uh, in, your, in your bulletins that are specifically towards this sermon. Um, we might not get to all the scriptures, but they're there for your taking. But the more we understand the one true God, the God of the Bible, what he's really like, it will affect the way we pray. Uh, let me give you just a few examples. Here are some misconceptions that people, or maybe some of you, have about God. God's just a grumpy God. He's cranky, angry, and upset all the time. Some people have that view of God. And if, if that's your view of God, I probably wouldn't want to talk to a God like that. So it affects the way we talk to him, but we know that's not our God. Some of you might have that crouching tiger God ready to pounce on you when you make the wrong move, right? Or maybe a dictator God is always demanding more and more and more or else. Or maybe he's like the fairy tale God, the Santa Claus God. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. Does your good outweigh the bad? And if it doesn't, then God doesn't like you or love you. That's not true. The Play-Doh or Mr. Potato Head God, you make him into any form you want. And you start off saying, well, I like to think of God as, 
And the bottom line is, it doesn't really, really matter what we think God is like. What matters is what does God say he is like? What has he proven himself to be over and over and over? And today we're going to understand a little deeper that God is good. God is loving. He's good. He's always good no matter what's happening in our life. Because I serve and know and believe in the God of the Bible who's a good God. Man, it changes the way I talk to him. And it ought to change the way you talk to him as well. So because God is always good, Josh is going to give you point number one. Because God is always good, God's plan for my life will always be good. Okay? So God's plan for my life will always be good. We're going to cover five major points. So think about that. So if God is always good, are there going to be good things in our life? 100%. I love how Rick Warren, inside of the, the part of the video series, he talks about, is there anything that God can't do? He cannot deny himself inside of the promises and the truth that he's put into the word of God. The other is, is he can't be evil. So think about that. If he cannot deny himself and he cannot be evil, what does that equate to? God is always good. Therefore, if God is always good, then what does he say about our lives? God's plan for... Really quick, I know, because some of you know, Josh shares that analogy a lot. We talked about using it for this point. And, and no, the Bible doesn't say you're going to walk into heaven in the schoolhouse of blessings. But this is our point vividly through this song. If... if if it says that God has soared up for us to fear Him and that He lavishes His goodness and blessings, to store something up, you have to have a plan. If you store money aside, you're storing it for a purpose. And so this analogy just helps us understand that God does have blessings that He's planned out for you that He wants you to receive while you're on this earth. And when I get to heaven, I want to know that there's not a whole lot of blessings that he shows me that are still there because I receive them here. And so uh, our love, God's love of us doesn't change if we don't, when we don't experience more blessings, but I want all God has for me. And then the Bible says he's so good that he's stored up his goodness and blessings for those of us that, that respect him and fear him and serve him, that I want to walk in obedience so I experience those blessings. Can you miss blessings? Yeah. Can't yeah. right? The word says you have not because you have not asked, right? So again, go back to that. What is that? What is God telling us to do? Pray, right? Ask. And grab us small to begin this morning, but just pray. Even if it's simply help me, help me, help me. If it's daily you say that prayer, or something more specific, God wants that constant communication with you. Okay? So let me ask you this: We live in a perfect world. There's imperfection. So is so everything always going to be good? No. We are always going to go through some of the things, right? So let's go back to Romans 8, 28. It says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I want to highlight here, those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So... If you have said, God, I love you, I give my life to you, I want a relationship with Jesus, I've accepted him as my Lord and Savior, then guess what? 
God will work across everything that works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Everything. This is not a promise for everyone in the entire world, right? That have not accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord Savior. And I want you to realize that sometimes we, we think that this is saying that all things are good for all people. That's not right. It's those who work everything together for the good of those who call upon his name, who believe in his son as Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's when he's working in everything. Even the bad stuff. Even the other stuff. He's going to work out for an incredible purpose in your life. So don't know if there's going to be confusion around this verse. It's whenever we call upon God. Those who love him are called according to his purpose. I'm going to read this. God loves us everything we work together for God for good of those who give it all to God. Amen. So how many of us are sitting here today who haven't quite given it all to God? You know, I made a comment this morning at a small group. It was so good for me just to sit down for 20 minutes, watch a video, and relax and soak in what God had to this It was an incredible reset for me. Right? I didn't plan that this morning. But that's, that's what God had for me this morning. That's, that's the, the goodness. He speaks to us all the time in every situation. We just have to be open to hear it. I love the cake analogy. Yeah, Let's talk about the cake analogy. So, this is really good. So, there's, there's things that happen in our lives that we don't like, right? They're bitter, they don't taste good, but God's working those things out for a purpose. Most of the things that taste bitter and we don't like, He's going to use those to bless somebody else. He's going to use those experiences for us to share to help other people. And the analogy that Rick gives is this. He's like, how many of us love cake? How many of us love cake? Right? Cupcake. Cupcake. Any kind of cake. 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 Although I did pass up cake at uh, Dylan and Whitley's wedding last night uh, for Turtle Sunday. Yeah, I have to. I've been trying for Turtle Sunday. Anyways, that's a tangent. Anyway. But cake is good stuff. So Rick Warren says this. He's like, okay, so think about it. We love cake. But what about if you just took the individual ingredients and ate them? How about some Crisco? Crisco. How about a little Crisco? I want some Crisco. Just a big old spoon of that. Huh? Huh? How about flour? Just a big old shot. Yeah. Boys, what do you think? We go home and you guys just eat the, the raw ingredients. What do you think? How about eggs? Yeah, they're like, yeah, let's try that. Raw eggs. Have you ever seen anybody eat raw eggs? It's crazy. I'm like, Ugh. you know, nasty. <laughs> but yes, what he says. But but whenever you mix all that together, what do you create? You create bad. Is that bad or good? That's that's good stuff, right? So yeah. So God's gonna take all the bitter things, the things that aren't so tasting good on their own, mix it all together, and He's gonna make some incredible batter. That's gonna be good stuff in your life. Does that make sense? And then what happens when you bake that batter? It ends up being a, a cake that is just unreal to chow on, right? So again, the analogy is we're going to have some things that come through life that are bitter, that don't taste good while they're happening in their individual form. But God's going to mix all that stuff together, and at the end of it, you're going to have some incredible things that you're going to be able to bless other people with. Amen? So God takes the bitter, mixes it up in the batter, so that you become better. Yeah? Isn't that good? But God's always good. He can take the 
stinky stuff and the bitter stuff and the sweet sugary stuff, mix it up in the batter, make it better. It's going to be better one day, if not in this life, then it's going to be awesome in the next and totally worth it. Just, you got to release the working it out to God. Don't try to work it out yourself, even if you know this promise. I know God says everything works together for good, so I'm going to try to manipulate and cause the good to happen. You can't. you got to release it to Him. Give it to Him. Give it to right. Him. And, and sometimes right. what we want to do is we just want to keep eating those individual ingredients, right? Well, that's not good, right? Let that go. Mix it up. All right? I'm trying to manually do it. God's got this like blender. Now Um, God always gives me what I need, not what I deserve. Because God is always good. Point number two is this. God always gives me what I need, not what I deserve. And I know a lot of times we say, man, go buy that or go do this. You deserve it. But I want us to understand biblically that you and I don't deserve anything from God because of our sin, we've separated ourselves from him. But because God is love and because God is good, he's offered Jesus in our place, right? And so that even though we don't deserve it, we're not good. But because God is good, he gives us what we don't deserve. That's new life in Christ. That's eternal life in heaven at home with him where life will be pain-free one day. We don't deserve that, but because God is good and He knows that we need that, He sent His Son so that we could receive that. Isn't that awesome? Um, let's look at Psalm 103. If that's not the next one, just flip. Psalm 103, you got that up here? You might have to flip through a couple, maybe. I can't remember. 103, verses 10, verse 12. Here we go. He has not treated us as we deserve for our sins, or paid us back for our wrongs. Man, how many can shout a big hallelujah, amen, praise God for that. He has not treated us as we deserve for our sins or paid us back for our wrongs. In his goodness, he has taken our sins away and removed them as far as the east is from the west. If you continue to travel north, you will eventually be going south. But God says, I've taken your sins and I've removed them as far as the east is from the west. If you start off east, you will always be going east. You will never be going west. So that's how far God has separated your sins from yourself. As far as the east is from the west. I can start going north and eventually I'm going to go south, right? But if you just go east, you'll make laps around the globe. You'll always be going east. Isn't that awesome? God didn't say, as far as the north is from the south, I've separated your sins. Because it's eventually going to catch up with you. He says, as far as the east is from the west. Let's look at Psalm 51, verse 12. Oh, sorry, verse 1 and 2. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to your greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Verse 2 goes on to say, maybe. Don't have it. Oh, that's okay. Let me read it. I just have a, a, a simplified version. God, in your goodness, have mercy on me. Wash away all my guilt and make me clean again from my sin. Cleanse me. 
God forgives you and God forgives me, not because we are good, but because God is good. Man, it's so freeing. I hope you get that and understand that. God loves us that much. Because God is always good, we can pray confidently and we can pray boldly. Uh, last uh, passage before we move on to number three. Hebrews. Got Hebrews there? This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of, grace, of our gracious God. There we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I just want to point out one thing here as it relates to prayer and God being good. God is so good, he forgives us. We can find mercy when we come to his throne, even with our sin, boldly and confidently. But his mercy not only forgives us, but his grace actually empowers us to help us when we need it most. In other words, God is saying, hey, I don't want to be a type of God for you that always or that only forgives you when you sin. So I forgive you, you go sin, you come back, I forgive you. You go sin, you come back, I forgive you. He will do that. But God says, I don't want to just in my mercy forgive you. I want to empower you with my grace that's sufficient so that the next time you're out there struggling, you can remember that, hey, God, I have the same power that Jesus had. Jesus was tempted in all ways unto sin, but he was sinless. And so God, right now, because I can't have, or I don't have the power within me to resist, I need your grace that's sufficient to help me in my time of need. And if you just pause long enough to just think that, say that, sometimes God's just going to give you one command. I'm going to give you what it is. Run. <laughs> Most of the time, when we're caught up in something and, and we know, uh-oh, this is danger zone, God's screaming, run. That's his grace to help in time of need. There's another passage that says he will always provide a way of escape. But we have to just call out to him when we need it. There's something about that pause. Literally, it could be a relationship. It could be having a fight at home. It could be a teammate on a basketball team or whatever. And if you just stop, just pause. It's amazing what peace can do inside of that moment and redirect your mind and be like, you know what? It's not worth this argument. Let's just talk. Let's love one another. Okay? So again, pause inside of that. And literally inside of temptation, like Henry's saying, <laughs> let, me, let me just, let's take a poll. How many of you have physically moved, ran, flee a situation of temptation? Yeah. Right? So the outcome of that is a lot better than staying in it and giving into that temptation. So again, run. Okay, point number three. Because God is so good, God puts my good above even his own good. Okay, God puts his, yeah, puts my good above even his own good. So I love this analogy just around the gospel. And 
Think about it. So the gospel is where the king, Jesus Christ, sacrifices himself for us, as, as Rick refers, as peasants, right? So think about that. So the king, Jesus, gave his life for each and every one of us. Well, there's some comparison at times to, well, the gospel is just a fairy tale, right? Just a fairy tale. Well, what happens inside of a fairy tale? The soldiers, the peasants, the slaves, the, as all of them, what do they do? They protect the king. They give their lives for the king or the queen, right? And at the end of the fairy tale, who's alive? The king or king? The king or the queen, and they're ruling, and all the others have gone away. The king is the most important. Right. Yeah. Everybody dies to protect the king. That's why this is no fairy tale. It's the gospel. only story, the only gospel, right, in history where the king dies for us, his bride of Christ, the people. Amen? He puts our lives ahead of his own. Just yeah. love that. It's powerful. And so Rick goes on. I'm just going to read this to you because I think it's just an incredible way to think about the gospel, right? So this is what makes our faith different than any other belief in the world, okay? He says, you've sinned. We would all raise our hand and say, we've sinned. You also, we also deserve punishment, correct? We do. But he says, I'm a good God and I love you. But I'm also holy and just and someone has to pay for your sins, right? So here's the deal, he says, I'll do it. I'll pay for your sins. I'll come to the earth as the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and I will die for your sins. And he's saying, you're not dying for my sins, I'm dying for your sins because God never sinned, right? So again, he's giving his life for us. And this is the gospel. This is the king dying for the peasants for us. This is the ultimate expression of love. The shepherd dies for the sheep. And that goes into John 10, 14. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. And I will sacrifice my life for my sheep. That's what Jesus did for each and every one of us. Romans 4.25 says, Jesus died for our sins and rose again to make us right with God, filling us with God's goodness. And then in Romans 8.32, it says, since God did not spare even his own son, but gave Christ up for us all, won't he now also give us everything else we need? Right? So God put our needs, our goodness above even his crazy to think about. I paused like in disbelief when, he, when we were listening to Rick share and I was like wait, what? Yeah. But it's true when known in that life. God puts our good above his own. Amazing. Even though we have deserve Ready to move on? Yep. Number four. Alright, because God is always good, he does not say yes to every request. Because God is good, he does not say yes to every request. Now, if you've been alive that long at all or walking with the Lord, you know this to be true. I mean, we all want God to say yes all the time, but can you imagine if you said yes all the time to your kids? I mean, no matter what they ask for. I mean, oh my goodness, you parents would be a wreck because your kids would be. And so I think God doesn't want us to be a wreck. He wants us to be established and strong and firm. And so he doesn't always say yes, right? So there are four uh, different responses that 
that God may give. And, and this is Rick's list, and I'm going to give you mine. Rick says, God sometimes says yes, sometimes says no, sometimes says wait, and sometimes he says, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. That probably is. Yeah, probably sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I probably, yeah, I probably. says, Jeremy, I hear you praying, but I want you to pray this way. How about this? And God will actually reveal to me a different way to pray about something. Give me a different perspective. And man, it's so free because now I'm even more confident that God's going to do something because I feel like I'm asking now in his will because he revealed something to me. But anyway, I want you to write these four things down okay next to point number four we're going to go through them so sometimes god says no sometimes our request is just wrong and god says no so if i write no down out to the side somewhere i know there's not a lot of them, but sometimes god says no sometimes god says slow this is the wait this is the okay the request isn't bad but the timing just isn't right yet i'm, I'm going to make you wait for this one or there's a reason i'm having you wait all right, so sometimes God says no, sometimes he says slow, sometimes God says grow. Let me explain this really quick. So sometimes the request maybe is right, sometimes the timing's not even bad or off, but you're not ready yet. God wants to do something inside of you before he answers the prayer. Most of the time, in my experience, this is a character or integrity issue. Sometimes as a leader, God wants to wait or cause you to grow before he blesses you or answers you because he wants you to have the humility to receive it. He doesn't want you to get prideful when you ask for his blessing and God starts to bless you and you think you've started to accomplish that on your own authority or on your own power because you're in a position. And if we're not there yet, how are we gonna know how to handle yes. the blessing? Right? If there's growth inside of us that we need to be able to fulfill that blessing, then he's gonna, he wants us to wait for that. Because oftentimes we can get a blessing and we're not prepared for it and we just it kind of goes away. right? Because we didn't act it out. We didn't do the things that God wanted us to do inside of that. So again, growth yeah. is incredible. Just a great analogy. I love, I love like a mom and dad, like a dad that's grown up. He's established a, a business and he's been really successful, made a lot of money. And his children could just kind of be, just kind of grow up in that. And, and the dad, instead of just giving him, passing on his money, he makes his son or daughter start working at the bottom of the business and, and working his way up, developing hard work, de developing integrity, and then he blesses him. So it's like he's preparing his children to be able to handle the money that he wants, the, the blessing he wants to pass on to him. God sometimes is like that with us. There, he wants to bless us. He wants you to increase in different things, but maybe we're just not ready. So we can start asking 
God to do his work inside of us. So sometimes God says no, sometimes he says slow, sometimes he says grow, and then sometimes what's he say? Go. You got it. Just go do it. You got it. Here's your request. You might ask one time. Boom. You're ready. The timing's right. It's in God's will. You've asked. You've asked with the right motives. And God just says, you got it. And man, that's awesome. And the honest truth is you're going to experience all four answers throughout your life. And we need to be okay with that. We need to be okay with that. The other point inside of that is um, more and more blessings come through obedience. We hit on that earlier, but um, if we're obedient to God and we're doing what he's asking us to do inside of prayer and reading his word, devotion, small group, those things, whatever he's put on your heart, you're going to realize more blessings. And you may look around and be like, man, that, that couple, they're just absolutely blessed. Well, I don't understand. Why is God blessing them so much more than he's blessing me and my family? And, and it's what I do inside of that when I have those thoughts is it's self-reflection. Well, Josh, are you being obedient to what God's put on your heart? And Josh, how many times have you fallen into temptation here recently? Right? Because, I mean, there's a direct correlation with me. And when I fall into temptation or sin, like I just feel like, and we are, we kind of take a step back. Now, God loves us the same. He's inside of that thing the whole time. Right? But if I'm obedient... What God's doing is I feel like there's these levels, right, where we have this confidence and we begin to grow and we feel that stability inside of our faith and, and all those things begin to happen and you realize more and more blessings. But whenever we're not obedient, when we, and obedience is kind of a tough word, right? Like, well, I'm getting in trouble. No, it's just, it's about um, doing what God puts on your heart and not doing what God tells you not to do, right? So again, if you want to see more blessings in your life, Pray, read, read his word, and be obedient to it. Does that make sense? Because we all love blessings, right? But we want to be prepared when those things happen. All right, so no, slow, grow, go. Let me just quickly read through some scriptures that go along with that, and then Josh is going to close us. Uh, Luke 11, 11 through 13. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Another, a Matthew's translation says, How much more will your, heaven, will, your, will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? We know what it's like to give our kids gifts. And, and I, I, I love to do that. I don't do it all the time. But when I do it, and that's, I know it's something they want, it's a joy to me. How much more, if, if compared to God, I'm an evil person, and I am compared to God, and I know how to bless my kids with good gifts, how much more does God want to do that with us? It's just, he does. Uh, sometimes, though, he says this to us. We don't even realize what we're asking for. Matthew 20, 22. But Jesus answered by them, uh, by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Now, this is where Mary and John and, and um, um, James come to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, can we sit at your right hand and your left when we enter into your kingdom? And, and Jesus is basically saying, slow, slow down. You don't even realize what you're asking. So sometimes we just have to trust that the good, good father knows better than our judgment. Isaiah 55 talks about this. His ways, um, 
My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as heavens, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Life is going to happen. Prayer isn't about making all of life comfortable and pain-free. That's called heaven. You will not be comfortable all the time in this life, and you will not be pain-free. But if we follow Jesus, one day forever will be pain-free and comfortable beyond all imagination. But life's going to happen. God is still good when life happens, whether it's stinky or great or somewhere in between. Let's focus on the God who defends us, the God of miracles, instead of the circumstance that's trying to keep us down, that the enemy's trying to use to keep us down. There's no coincidence that we're in the midst of this 40 days of prayer and the enemy's attacking families and situations and circumstances and people and physical battles and spiritual battles. I've seen it a lot this week. And I want you to know I'm not discouraged at all by it. I'm encouraged by it. Not that I want that to happen to, to people. I mean, it's hit my own family. But because I know it's the enemy, and I know he hates that we're praying, and we got one or two choices. We stop or we pray even more. And I'm choosing to pray and praise and worship even more. Let's all go ahead and stand this morning. I want to close with a couple of scriptures here. I know.
you need somebody just to lay hands on you and be with you, I want you to come over here to your right. And if you want to have this time alone with God, come to your left. And we are going to close in corporate prayer. Jeremy's going to lead us at the end just to pray over everyone. So let's lift up God this morning. These altars are open. Please come.